Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are only 243 days left until Christmas, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, the holiday show where we watch holiday movies not during the holiday. I'm Bradford, and here with me tonight are Joe. Hi, Mom. And Johnny Five, the human robot. You sound weird, Joe. Do I? I mean, no, the I... other Joe. Oh. I clearly yeah, said I was... Uh, this is Bradford. Then why are you reading the intro if you're Bradford? Oh my gosh. Something has yeah, gone horribly I'm, I'm, wrong I'm, in the in the yeah. Christmas Creep studio. Hoist by your you, own petard. You've just awakened an existential crisis in me. Oh no. What did I get? My phone's making noise. <laughs> is, that the, is that Bradford's the existential crisis uh, uh, sig- signaled a... Uh, response from Johnny An item on my Steam wishlist is on sale? This oh. is Christmas! Oh, oh it's boy. the best day ever. Uh, hi, what everybody. Is, and it's not an ad for Steam Link. Wow. <laughs> is that what Steam I do spams get, you? Oh. I do get one of those like every day, by the way. A Steam Link is on sale on Steam. Oh, boy. How much is it now? Oh. $24.99? Still too much money. S- still not worth it. I bought one I for my brother it. for Christmas. At full yeah. price, and he never he used it exactly once. Yeah, I made the mistake of of buying one at one point. It um, was not a good decision. It is not a good. It is not a Christmas creeps endorsed holiday commercial product. No, do not uh, do not listen to us if you're looking for Steam products on Steam. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hi, uh, I am Joseph Wade. This is Christmas Creeps. I'm going to do the intro over again, because why the hell not? Uh, this week on the show, we will be discussing everything uh, lasagna-related and Monday-related and Christmas-related, because, hey, we watched the Garfield Christmas special. And believe it or not, I did, in fact, enjoy uh, a, a nice piping hot uh, bowl of lasagna while watching this, and... Um, now I'm starting to wonder if I may or may not be Garfield. So we're gonna go through a checklist in a little bit. Yeah, we're, uh, we'll update you as the situation develops. Uh, but first tonight, before we get into any of that, I do want to uh, do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we have joined a new podcast network. It's not really a network per se, in the sense that um, you know it's a collective of podcasts that are working together. This is more of just like a an aggregator for. Uh, podcasters to put their stuff out there it's called podmosphere i don't know a whole lot about it quite yet but i do know that you can go on there and find our show and subscribe and give us a rating at present we are listed as number eight in their top uh 20 podcasts i don't know why or how but if you want to help That's us get to number, if you want to help us get to number one go on to podmosphere look look for christmas creeps and give us a star rating um, because I'm looking at the top 10 right now and only three of the top 10 have star ratings and the n- numbers two and three don't even have one. So, uh, I think, I think we can make a difference here. So check out Podmosphere and check out Christmas Creeps on Podmosphere. I don't know if it's going to help, but you know what? It can't possibly hurt. Um, 
other than that, uh, so hey, guys, uh, we watched the Garfield Christmas special, didn't we? We certainly did. <laughs> or did we? It, John, If I swear, if you watched something else, if, if you watched the Family Circus Christmas special, we're going to have a bad time here today. <laughs> um, I, I watched High and Lois Christmas special. Ah, jeez. All right. I watched Hagar the Horrible's Christmas special. Horrible, Hagar the Horrible's Horrible Christmas. Well, Christmas is ruined because I accidentally watched the Lockhorn's shitty Christmas. <laughs> the Lockhorn. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a tough time of it here tonight because it sounds like none of us watched Garfield, so that's okay. Also, after that, I watched I watched uh, Andy Caps. Hey, it's bloody Christmas, you fucking wanker! Oh, uh, you beat me to it. I wanted to do Andy Cap. And oh, then, well, uh, and, and then, of course, everybody's favorite Christmas special, Beetle Bailey's from Beetle Bailey from the front lines. <laughs> is Andy Cap actually Brit- supposed to be British? I think so. Oh, that never came across in the comics. But then again, I was never a big Cap head. I know you were all about team. you were all about the Funky Winker Bean. I know that. Yeah. Yes, I was never part of Team Cap, and by Cap, I mean Andy Cap. So anyway, yeah, uh, tonight on the show, we were discussing Garfield's Special Christmas, which, as far as I know, is sort of uh, ground zero for the entire Garfield cartoon phenomenon. Is that correct? Do you guys know? No. No, it was well really. into the series, I think. It was 87. Um, They had been doing, like, Garfield primetime specials, kind of like Peanuts did, throughout the 80s, and then, like, actually, the, like, the series Garfield's and Friends happened late 80s early 90s oh okay okay i see i was under the impression that this was like sort of the pilot for what became the the garfield cartoon series no you're thinking of the simpsons <laughs> uh i'm confused that's how simpsons works you have a christmas special and then you make a series about it yeah and also i thought garfield did that as well but apparently no. not no you couldn't be more wrong if you tried and you are very hard to try See, now that just sounds like a challenge. Like, I can definitely be more wrong. Um, and I'm, but you know what? It's, it's gonna make for a bad pod if, if I try to be more wrong. So let's just move on, okay? Garfield is based off the classic science fiction novel Mind Comp. By Eric Estrada, the, 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 uh, classic star of stage and screen, most known for his roles as Buddy on, on the, uh, the, favorite family tv series uh who who's happening now and uh, also the star of the 70s uh cop drama splash town where he fought with um mexican drug lords and haitian drug lords on the beaches of splash town uh splash town pa which is not necessarily known for its beaches but um you know it's sort of one of america's best kept secrets now yeah. joe Tra- tragically this show was cut short when uh he perished suddenly in the uh, process of committing nine eleven, <laughs> and the show the show was 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 taken off the air for um, fear of in uh, repercussions by angry TV executives. Um, but it did get a reboot in the form of the movie Splash. That's true. Yeah, Ron a, Howard's a wildly uh, different Splash. Vision, though. Yeah, it, it it was it was definitely a um, a departure for the series, and a lot of people were not into it but then it turned out more people were into the reboot than the original um so you get one of those weird instances where like the reboot becomes wildly more popular and so the original's kind of forgotten nowadays 
uh, which is a shame because um, you know the original is, is is pretty great. I don't think Hulu has it, but I think uh, you know if you're if you get out there on the dark web, you can find the you know, the first couple of seasons. Uh, season three is kind of where it goes off the rails. They they brought in. Um, Oh God! What's the guy's name? They brought in um, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse, and uh, Captain Kangaroo was there uh, as a special advisor too. And it was just—it was not great. Like it—it was—they turned it into educational TV for a long time, and it was really just pitiful, pitiful TV. I mean, and I'll just say, if you can't happen, can't find the series, just go to Disney World. Splash Mountain is very like 100% faithful to the show, like. It's spot on. Like, they nailed a show and ride form somehow. Which is really strange if you think about it, because you wouldn't expect a ride based on an Eric Estrada TV show to be at Disney World. Because I, I'm pretty sure it was a, a show owned by Fox. But, you know, Disney, you know, Michael Eisner, he, he needed that, that corporate synergy, and he paid through the nose to get that Estrada license. Um... Okay, let me just go ahead. Let me just go ahead and make a disclaimer here. I do not think, and I am not accusing Eric Estrada of committing nine eleven. Okay, good. That's probably good to throw in there. I just want to throw that legal disclaimer out here. Should we go to the laughing place? I mean, everybody's got one. <laughs> and by the laughing place, I mean a quick plot synopsis of the the featurette that we. We watched for oh, this week. We probably should discuss Garfield's, uh, not Garfield's special Christmas. No, that was something different. That was Alf's. <laughs> that was Alf's thing. If, if you if you listened to our our last two um, stocking stuffers, you'll know all about Alf. But uh, yeah, Gar- let's talk about Garfield's Chris, the Garfield Christmas special, real quick. <clears throat> 1987, Lorenzo music, uh, also known as Carlton from Rhonda. Carlton, your doorman, also uh, known as Peter Vinkman. On the real yes, Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah, nominated for a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program. And mm. that's the end of the Wikipedia article. No, um... Alright. Should we, uh... Do you want me to tuck so, into this really quick? Yeah, let's just... I, I want to talk about the, the the opening of the cartoon <laughs> because it's so wildly different from the rest of the cartoon. It sure is. Um... Uh, John wakes up Garfield on Christmas... Is it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, and he gives him six lasagnas as he sort of lures the Garfield to the tree, at which point he gives Garfield his present, which is like this like mechanical Santa Claus that you can whose lap you can sit in. And the mechanical Santa Claus will give you anything you want, like literally whatever you want, you want ever anything and everything. And all John Arbuckle can think of to ask for is a hat because John yes. Arbuckle is, in fact, the worst character. <laughs> and Garfield sees the potential right away, and he's, he jumps into the Santa's seat and just starts wishing for stuff and things and d- detritus and... Yes, and, law yeah. of thermodynamics aside, he wishes... he at, at, th- at different points, he's got three toasters. I counted three toasters come flying out of the bag. Also a copy of his, uh, his teddy bear pookie, because <laughs> apparently you can always use a spare pookie. Of course. And a video camera, because you when you need to make, you know, your illicit tapes of Garfield doing whatever it is he does with Pookie. But you know what doesn't come out of the robot Santa? Peace on Earth. Love. I was going to go with true happiness, but yeah, those two. <laughs> well, when you give when you give it a, a gift like that to a, a, you know, a hedonistic shit like Garfield, he's not going to wish for anything useful. He's going to wish for 
in his words, stuff and things. He's like, he's like the, the prototype Rick Grimes. He's doing stuff here. He's doing <laughs> things here. Um, but no, like, and then Garfield goes into, that goes into a whole, um, song and dance, not a song and dance, but he doesn't dance. It's just a song. It's the song over, uh, the Garfield Christmas special intro. And then he wakes up and guess what? It's Christmas Eve morning. And they're getting ready to go to the Arbuckle family farm. Uh, so Garfield is not pleased about this. He's complaining why people can't come here to where his nice warm bed is and why he has to go all the way to a different house for Christmas. And honestly, I can identify with Garfield very much. And I, I, I'm picturing here like the the inverse situation. Like if they if if John's family came to John's house, um, we would we would be hearing the exact same argument made from John's dad or his grandma. Why can't they just come to me where my bed is and my couches and all that shit? They'd be confused by all the indoor plumbing and everything. <laughs> the big city living. City slicker. Uh. Yeah, because John, John is, I don't know, he's the, the, he's the kid who moved away and moved, went to the city and made something of himself, even though, like, what does John do? do we, does it, has, has that ever been established? He's a cartoonist. He's, he's a cartoonist. Well, yeah, he, he is a cartoonist. He's like, he's, he's Jim Davis' self-insert. Oh man, yeah. If you look at the original, the original Garfield cartoons, where it's wildly, it's a wildly different style, where Garfield is like this weird pile of mashed potatoes, and John is is less simplified. Yeah, he's a cartoonist. Okay, well that makes sense because I, I I know that uh, from what little I know of Jim Davis, I know that he did like grow up on a farm. So this is this special kind of, I guess draws a lot it, on his personal experience yeah he john um not john i almost said john arbuckle wrote it uh jim davis wrote this special and he said it was very much autobiographical uh, in fact to the point where his one brother's name nickname was doc boy oh wow um yeah so pr- he said pretty much the only character that wasn't somebody an approximation of somebody in his family was was grandma who he just threw in there for some spice right and uh, the rest is history. Uh, so they head to the farm, and there's a, a musical number on the way. Uh, John is reminiscing about uh, Christmas when he was little, and Garfield is having none of it. Odie's being Odie, the the dog who loves everything and everybody. Uh, they get there, and everybody says hello, and Garfield gets along most with Grandma, who's kind of like the... She punches John in the stomach as a way of saying hello. And then she wants John to punch her. Uh, he doesn't because she and does. Gar- she does a hundred sit-ups a day a day. And yes, it seems like grandma really needs a hobby. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like uh, throughout this whole special grandma's the one who, uh, uh, is kind of getting into trouble with the family and not so much trouble as just being the annoying one who is, I guess cast aside because she has no place here. So she's mm. you know messing with the uh, the sausage gravy, and she's uh, sitting alone by herself and punching John in the stomach. And yeah, it's grandma. Yeah. Can I? Can we? Can we stop a minute? And yeah, like we need we need to talk about grandma. Yes. Okay. Whose grandma is she? It's never established. It, all I mean, all of the characters call her grandma. Like, yeah, even the mom John and dad. And, 
John and Doc Boy call her Grandma because, but then the the two parents call her Grandma either. There's not one of them who calls her Mom, so it's like, well, who's who is she related to? And the only thing I can come up with is that John and Doc Boy are products of incest. <laughs> well, that would that would explain why Doc Boy is 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 you know bald as heck. But That's, you guys are going in some very on uh, very uncomfortable direction. I have me. a theory. And the theory yeah. is a very, very simple one. It's yeah. that when the children are in the house, everyone calls grandma, grandma. The same way that when, when the children are in the house, everyone calls mom and dad, mom and dad. I mean, yeah. That's, it's, I mean, it, is that... I know. In your family, is that how it is? Kinda. I mean, my after after my sister had her first child, my my dad started calling my mom by her grandma name. Oh boy. Which is Mimi. Not not all the time. But around around uh our around my niece, they'd start calling each other by their grandparent names. And so uh sometimes people just get into the habit of it. It's kinda like um And all of a sudden you're Uncle Brad. Yeah, it's kinda Forever. like a less weird version of how the vice president calls his wife mother. <laughs> which is the the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's an especially that like, his... I don't know. It's a, it feels like an extremely midwestern kind of thing, yeah, or a, yeah. an aristocratic kind of thing. Which I don't even know if 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 you know the the VP is is that aristocratic if, if as much as he is just extre- a creepazoid, a super creepazoid. Sure, um, but we 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 don't need to get into that. Yeah. Point point being, everybody calls grandma grandma, and it's a little odd. And everything about grandma is a little odd. Um, I don't really know where else to go with that. Like I like I said, she seems like she needs she's desperately jonesing for a hobby. And yeah, if it's not you know competing in chili cookoffs or playing like playing piano like freaking little Richard or um. I don't know, working working out for like an Iron Man competition or something. Like, what does Grandma do in her off time? Can I just say, as another aside, I guess, uh, similar to the point you're just making, nothing really happens in this this Christmas oh. special, oh, no. which makes it which makes it in my mind more true to Christmas than most Christmas specials. But Absolutely. it does not necessarily make for good watching. It is a series of small vignettes, uh, almost almost comic strip. Like where you know, it's, yeah. You, it, if you the, see all the weird little asides, it's just it's a comic strip joke just shoved in the middle of the plot. Yeah, yeah, but there's no there's no real overarching plot other than Garfield coming to in in typical Christmas special fashion learn something about what Christmas is really about, rather than giving or receiving, as he says, it's about love. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, I know that's shocking. Yeah, jeez, Brad. We were going to get there eventually, but you just ruined Sorry. it for everybody. Well, well, I said giving first instead of receiving. So, it, Garfield Garf learns that um, you know it's it's not about the getting uh, in typical fashion. But other than that, there's a, there's really no overarching plot yeah. or tension or anything. It's it's just the Garf family visiting visiting a house for Christmas. It's so light on plot that I, I don't feel like we need to go over like every single scene and what happens in every no, single scene no, because there's no, nothing no. that happens in every scene. It's Pretty just much. yeah, each each scene is like its own little gag 
and its own little uh vignette like you said and and it's it's what basically every family does on christmas eve and it's just you know the kids waiting waiting to open presents and family lighting the tree and grandma you're looking weird. up the window and being wistful and like yeah. you're being weird and i'm going to go and hide from the rest of you and it's just that's just what families do at christmas and, and your weird holiday traditions like reading a book about a clown and oh yeah okay so <laughs> let's talk about uh that for a minute <laughs> let's talk about binky let's talk about binky the clown who saved christmas I would I would very much love to know the story of Binky the clown saved who the clown who saved Christmas. But all we get is the fact that Binky saved Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um every and I I do love the the way that that uh D- Dad Arbuckle is is so uh he hates reading the story so much. And you know his his two kids are grown up and they they love re- they love hearing the story and at this point it's partly because they love watching their dad fumble through it because he hates it like yeah, they're doing yeah, the, they're, absolutely they're doing this to him, him you know yes and, making him repeat certain parts yeah yeah every time every time binky saw children he'd say hey kids i think you can do better than that joseph Every time Binky saw children, he'd say, "Hey, kids." I- I'm still not convinced that's that's the right way that Binky the Clown says, "Hey, kids." Every time Binky saw children, he'd say, "Hey, kids." <laughs> All right, you're out, you got out of it with that one. <laughs> I, I could do this Joe- all day. Joe, how familiar are you with the the character Binky the Clown? Did you watch Garfield and Friends as a child? Uh, somewhat. Like I, I know who Binky the Clown is, but I don't know too too much about him. Yeah. Like I know he's a character on the cartoon show. Like he yes. it, he exists in the world of Garfield. But yeah, I don't think that... he was ever in the strip though. I think he was just in the TV show. Well, I mean it's the same with uh God, what are they called? The the Barnyard Friends or what uh um Something Acres. What is it? U.S. Acres. U.S. Acres is a separate comic strip that oh. sometimes. Ran. Wait, it was a real comic strip. I thought it was just yeah. a thing in Garfield and Friends. No, it's a real comic strip. I've never seen it actually exist in a paper or anything. Yeah, but like you know, back in the day, there were like all the Garfield books that were the you know. Yeah, I had um, some when I was. Oh yeah, little. yeah. There were some. There were some U.S. Acres books as well. Definitely not as many as Garfield, but there were some. Was it also Jim Davis? Yeah, yeah, it's Jim Davis. Huh. Wow. Learned something new. So Garfield and Friends is basically like uh the, the Jim Davis Follies. But we don't see any of the any of the any of the uh the US Acres, the Orson's Farm clan, uh in the special. That would have that would have made for a very interesting special though, especially considering that this is this takes place on a farm. Yeah, I I don't know that they ever did any crossover though. It was kind of its own thing. Uh, Garf, they were they were separate universes, if you will. Unlike you know, for example, you have Dexter's Lab where you had the uh, the wonder the wonder friends, the super pals, whatever. Yeah, they they would show up or M for Monkey. They would they would cross over often and show up in each other's you know shorts. But I don't know that U.S. Acres ever showed up in Garfield or vice versa. I guess the closest it ever comes is during the theme song when they just mash up all of the cartoons together. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. true. 
So um, that's that's fair. Um, but there's uh, getting back to Garfield's Christmas special. There are supr- a surprising number of songs in this 22 minute short. Um, Five, I think. Yeah, five or six. All about. Yeah, they're not. They're not quite spaced out like you would think in a musical. Or, musical where it's like here's song. You know, here's ten lines of dialogue to set up the next song. Here's another song. It's like song, song, a bunch of plot. Another song, a bunch of plot. Then three more songs. Yeah, they kind of backloaded all the songs at the end, and they're they're basically songs that sort of describe whatever whatever montage it is Garfield's doing at any given time. It's either it's it's a song about Odie going into the barn to try and like round up a Christmas gift for Garfield, or a song about the, fa- the that the mom sings about the family celebrating Christmas, or it's uh, John singing about how much fun it is to go to the family farm at christmas time it's it's either either they're either the family is singing the song or it's some other like non-diegetic uh house band that's just singing song random songs about christmas um an elf when you need it (laughs) where is an elf when you need it yeah that was weird (laughs) yeah brad that was weird Well, I don't know. See, it, it does seem like we're we're struggling a little bit to to talk about anything here because uh, all right, let's. There's not much to this. Through. Let's let's That's talk it. about some dialogue then. Tell me like, about it. Just, and just to go through like what's left of the plot really quickly about the blah, 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 Christmas. Yeah. Odie makes Garfield a back scratcher. Um, Garfield happens to fight out in the barn like a bunch of old like love letters that Grandpa had written to Grandma, and he gives them to her as a present. Yeah, if, if there's any like emotional like linchpin in this special, it's that grandma misses grandpa at Christmas time, and like there's a, a scene where you know Garfield's sitting in her lab and she's looking at at the snow and she's telling him about what she remembers about her husband and how that used to be his favorite day of the year was Christmas and that she misses him every Christmas, and that sort of launches you into Garfield finding uh, a st- the stack of love letters that he wrote to her many years ago. And uh, Christmas morning, she starts to read the love letters and very quickly realizes that um, they are not appropriate for family reading. Um, so, yeah, Grandpa wrote Grandma some some dirty letters, apparently. Some dirty, dirty 1940s era uh, smut. Not Turns f- out that Grandpa was James Joyce. <laughs> Grandpa didn't die. He just went underground and and re- and came pop back up as Hugh Hefner. Is that actually a theory about James Joyce? What? No. No, James Joyce is not a cartoon character's like de- deceased. No, husband. no, no. That he went <laughs> that that James Joyce faked his own death and became Hef. No, no, no. Way. no. No, we're we're I'm conflating how very I'm showing how very little I know about literary figures. Hugh Hefner is not a literary figure. Not Hugh Hefner, James Joyce, you dingus. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure in certain circles you you might consider Hugh Hefner a literary figure in the sense that he he once published a a magazine that had words in it, and and then hey. at, at a certain point those words became pictures, and then those pictures transformed back into words after they realized that internet porn is a thing. That's true. This is very true. There was a weird year. A year or two back, like, in 2010, where, like, you could actually find legitimate uh, 
legitimate writing and criticism and stuff in the pages of Playboy magazine. Uh, well, that's the, all it is now. You well, know? yeah, but I mean, I mean, there was a, there was a time when like it, that it oh. was news that you could find that in Playboy, and now it's just kind of like an, another magazine among the detritus at, at you know your local gas station. Oh, I see what you're saying, and and now it's it's just just all of these these criticisms and and articles and such. But back in 2010, it was that, and there was also porn. Right. Yeah. Like, like I that's see. how it was to begin with. It was like kind of basically like gq with boobs pretty much i mean i know for a fact that i've read articles from it before oh don't let's not go there but anyways i've like well i mean people have linked articles before from playboy and they're like well-regarded articles yeah yeah Yeah, i mean if you look at eras um, like if you look at one of the stephen king compilations like night shift or something like that you'll see a lot of the stories are like have like original publication in like playboy and penthouse among other magazines like uh, Cavalier is the one he posted in a lot. I think it was like a. I think that was just a regional magazine in Maine. But like, yeah, he he had shit posted in the like of like original publication in nudie books too. How weird would it have been to see uh, a Stephen King story in like the pages of Penthouse? And then I'll pretty, pretty weird. And then one day walk into your local your local Cineplex and say, "Yeah, give me one one ticket for." Ah, uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, maximum Overdrive. And you, you sit down and you go, I read about this in a nudie mag once. <laughs> I found this in the woods. <laughs> I found this move. I found this story <laughs> this about sentient tr- trucks just in the woods. The, just for the full spectrum, I remember when I was in, like, middle school or high school, um, getting a copy of, like, Family Circle or something because, like, Everything's Eventual was posted in there as, like, its original publication. Oh, wow. Huh. Did you find that in the woods, too? Yes. Did you guys ever find woods porn? No. No, I know. I did not live in a place that had woods. Oh. I Okay. Did All not right. live in a place that had porn. So <laughs> that that, the South. that made it yeah, that made it convenient. Fair enough. Fair enough. Brad. Alright. What? Well, did I ever find woods porn? Yes. I, no. I really, the whole thing Playboy tried to do a couple years ago with, uh, we're going to go to nudity because Instagram is a thing. It was like the most miscalculated thing ever. Like, they think, okay, I'm going to stop looking at my phone and, like, the exact same things I was looking at on my phone, I'm going to pay for you in the magazine. Like, at least back when they had, like, nudity in it, the appeal was like, hey, we got Lindsay Lohan naked if that's the kind of shit you're into, you know? But then, like, when they got rid of it, they were just like, it's, like, I... Like read like a press release, it was like it's like they're going for more Instagram look. It's like if I want an Instagram look, I'll go to fucking Instagram. Yeah, for real. Like you're not gonna go to Instagram, but you're not gonna go to Instagram for the the articles. I'll tell you that. For the articles, you got to go to Playboy, and you got to pay. Yeah, Instagram. They just want me to buy some tea. I I really still don't understand how anyone makes money off of Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. I mean, I understand how people make money off of it, but I don't understand how Instagram and Twitter make money. Because metrics, as soon as, like as soon as you get popular enough on Instagram, like random bullshit companies will be like, "Hey, like next time you take a picture, hold our shit up and blatantly shill it." Yeah, and, yeah, like, and it's just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just not a social media guru. At one point. At one point on Twitter, wasn't there thing that like if you you paid for an ad and whatever the the price of the ad depended depended on how much, um, 
uh, interaction the ad got. Like if you got if you managed to get a million clicks, that like it made the ad that much more expensive. Yeah, and then people started intentionally doing shit to the ad in order to jack up the price. Oh, I, I like I like drive by shit post every single ad I see. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I I block pretty much ad every ad I see and report it as offensive. Right. Yeah. Oh, not not even no, not even that. I just respond to it with absolute nonsense and garbage. Right, because it it costs them like point two cents every time someone tweets at the ad. Right, engages with it per right. se. It engages. Thank you, Jesus. I don't. I do not know my uh, my internet tech speak, my ad speak. I'm I'm already halfway to being having a bullshit job at an ad agency. Hooray! Hooray! That's where the money is, boys. The internet. You can call it the Brad Agency. Huh? Call it Brad Advertisements. Brad Advertisements. Come on. Well, okay. It's your <laughs> it's your company. The Brad. Oh, Brad Agency. Got it. Okay. So we were going for the original pun. I just missed it. Yeah, because it's a bad agency. <laughs> uh, boom! I got it. No, no. <laughs> One of you two jackasses said this, so I'm going to repeat it now. Uh, the, the Garfield Christmas special is is a, a better illustration of how families at Christmas operate than it is about Garfield in general. It was it was me. It, okay. I didn't. I wasn't expecting anyone to actually take credit for the comment. I was just gonna say it and let it roll. No, that was my <laughs> primary observation of this Christmas special. Is it's like, yeah, it's nothing happens, but nothing happens in most people's Christmases. So yeah, that's fair. And you, that's... you you hang out with your family and maybe get a warm fuzzy feeling and get a couple of gifts, and mm. there and, you go. And if you're yeah, you know, if you're lucky, somebody you know will make way too much food. Um, yeah, yeah. So and that's. Yeah, and that's a perfectly fine way to celebrate the holidays. That's that's mostly what what anybody would ask for anyway. And I think in in that much in that respect, Garfield kind of uh, illustrates that better than most. Yeah, it doesn't go for the 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 super schmaltzy um, message. It doesn't go for the super commercial message. Although it, it kind of toes the line and really plays with it a bit because you know Garfield's a piece of shit and all he wants is lasagna and pets and sleep yeah and that's all i want well fair, fair enough i mean garfield is is the inner is the inner johnny five he, he's the he's the avatar of of all of us and you know what jim jim davis is a is a modern day genius because he says what we're all thinking um, <laughs> speaking of saying what we're all thinking, how's this line line of dialogue for you? Whoever invented Christmas trees should be dragged out into the street and shot. That's coming out of the the thought bubble of a cartoon cat. Um. Well, you know, that's very strong. That's very strong. And you know what, Garfield? They do make fake trees. And they're way easier to put up than real trees. And they have a star on top already. Yes. What the fuck are they doing putting the Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve anyway? Some people do that. My mom's family used to do that, apparently. Like, my my mom, when she was a kid, they'd put up their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. It seems like a, a, a symptom of uh, this thing that we, we do called Christmas Creep. Where, oh, whoa, hey, that's look what I did. Podcast. Look what I did there. Holy shit. <laughs> hey. But no, like now it's all about putting your Christmas tree up the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, even 30 years ago, 
you know, it was maybe more accept- acceptable to leave to leave that to, you know, the day before Christmas. But or now, even like a week. Yeah, yeah. But now it's, you know, you got you have to keep it up for the season. It's it's a seasonal thing now. When did they put the tree up in a Christmas story? Was it Christmas Eve? Yeah, it was. It, okay. it was close, if not Christmas Eve, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I remember on Christmas Vacation, it was definitely like two weeks before Christmas or something like that. Ooh, you're right, yeah. You know what? I don't think it was Christmas Eve in, in Christmas Story, because if you remember in the if you remember your Christmas Story timeline, that's the that's the night that Ralphie says fuck. And it's not Christmas Eve when he gets like his mouth washed out and goes to bed early. No, that's it's a couple days before that. That's or the is night that when they were going to Higby's. That's the night they went and got the tree. Yeah. Oh, they, you're saying they didn't put it up though. Yeah, they didn't. Later. They didn't decorate it until Christmas Eve because as soon okay. as they finished decorating it, mom and dad are like, "Well, it's time for y'all to go to bed." Oh, that's right. That's right. Because then the fuse blew out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The kids don't. Okay. Get, the, the kids don't get to enjoy the Christmas tree for a second. Okay. They All have right. to go straight to bed. Um, yes. Much like John and Doc Boy here in, in Garfield's Christmas special. Um, and, you know, John and Doc Boy also do the thing where I, I'm pretty sure they're both, like, in their 30s at this point, and they're still pestering their parents at, like, one thirty in the morning, like, hey, can we open presents now? It's Christmas Day. And, you know, now that I'm 30, when I when, it, when Christmas Day comes around, like, you know what? Just let me sleep until 10. Really? Please? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm usually the last person to get up Christmas morning it's now. Like like, yeah, I'm all about it, believe me, but you know what? Daddy needs his, his eight hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, and let me get a cup of coffee first. <laughs> Relax. Yeah, chill out. It's Christmas all day long. <laughs> I mean, I used to be super jazzed about it, too, though. That was that was always the good I stuff. Mean, do we want to read this as they're being childish, or do, do we want to read this as they are taking the opportunity to, like... Take the piss out of their dad. Yeah, I don't want to say troll, but they're basically trolling. I they're... mean, it's if you read the previous scene where they make him read Binky, it's kind of being played up as that, where it's like, oh, this is funny. Let's let's go let's go bug dad and act like we're twelve again. I, it, I think it's a little bit of both. Like they're definitely trolling him with the Binky book, but um, which is definitely a baby's day out thing. But um, they're definitely trolling him with the book. But at the same time, you can tell they're they're kind of using Christmas as an opportunity to regress to their childhood state a little. Right, bit. right. So I guess they're trying to have it both ways. Like, yeah, they're definitely being jackasses to their dad, but also like they're really, really getting into it. And that's, so did we see that's what Christmas is all about? <laughs> is being a <laughs> jackass the, to your dad. What presents each of the family members got? Uh, dad gets the the best cowboy hat ever. <laughs> yes. Like the giant, giant. Prop-sized cowboy hat. Yeah, and I think Mom gets a pearl necklace. I'm not sure. I think so, yeah. And Grandma Doc- gets a giant black dot on the screen, which I think is supposed to represent a bowling ball. Either yeah. a bowling ball or a barbell, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a, it, I think oh it is a barbell. that's gotta be what it is, I think. I think. And John gets a sweater, and Doc Boy gets a plane, a toy, a toy plane. Because yeah. Doc, Doc Boy is, is Randy. <laughs> Randy wow, Parker. Zeppelin! <laughs> um, and then Grandma gets the the letters from Garfield, and then Garfield gets the back scratcher from Odie, and Odie gets absolutely nothing. Odie gets the satisfaction of giving the perfect <laughs> fitting gift. with his fitting with his station as the puntable dog. 
Actually, you know what? Odie is smarter than all, than all of them because Odie gives Garfield the gift that Odie really wants. Because yeah, you that's know true. Odie's he going does to be using use it a bunch. Out of that thing. Yeah, he does really enjoy it. And the the best part of this this whole special for me is hearing the sounds that Odie makes when he's using the back scratcher because it sounds kind of inappropriate for a children's a cartoon. Bit, a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Hey, one last question I want to ask you guys before before we uh, wrap this part of the show up. Okay. Um, so. They're, they make a big deal out of mom's sausage gravy at, mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, is there any one, like, Christmas food that you just kind of have to have every year? Like, what's the one food that you have to have or else it's just not the holidays? Johnny Five? Uh, like, ten pounds of candy canes? Ooh. Uh, mine is a little bit of it it's cran it's homemade cranberry sauce, but also, uh, in the last couple of years, it's been chili lime pistachios. Ooh, yeah. I I only I only eat them over Christmas for the most part, and uh, I eat like three pounds in like a week, and they're amazing. Oh man, that does sound good. Yeah, that does sound very good. It's my it's the Christmas treat to myself do you make it or does the family member make it no uh, well that's the thing is the fam my my mom makes the cranberry sauce but the chili lime pistachios are purchased but they're from like a there there's like one place that does them in california Mm. and like it's it's kind of like the the bosque pears or what it's like they're special ordered and get shipped and i enjoy those okay yeah yep what about you? Um, every year, my dad will will boil like a pound or two of shrimp, Ooh. and he has a he has a very particular um, uh, set of spices that he likes to use. And it's it's the only you know it's it's the kind of I don't know what what exactly he has if it if he makes it himself or he just goes out and buys like the the special kind at Christmas. But you know, every year at Christmas, he boils shrimp with this certain set of seasoning and and. It's not Christmas without it, and and I know this because a couple of years ago he he toyed with the idea of just not doing it in favor of Uh-oh. going out, and the family had a riot. <laughs> we we did he we, have to go out and buy shrimp last minute? And... Kind of, yeah, because he was planning on not doing it, and the moment we found out, uh, that was not that was not a great day for him. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of am lacking tradition. Um... I guess because I've spent enough Christmases not really in one place. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in Germany, the Christmas was... We went and got Chinese food because it was the only place open. Then we got really, really, really drunk and watched Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, mm-hmm. Then, I mean, back home it was whatever my family was doing out here. It's whatever Karen's family's doing, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like, for me, it's just... it It doesn't really, like, stick with me too much. I'm just kind of like... It's a day where I get to like, or I where I where I would like to just sleep as late as I feel like, but like family obligations apply. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We used to do Chinese food Christmas Eve for a while with another family, and it was very good until the place closed down. Uh, you guys have probably been to this place. It was the only place in our hometown or in Joe and I's general area where the wait staff 
would wear Shipao. And let's just say that Teenage Brad enjoyed the Chinese food. It was a good time. Anyways. Teenage Brad was all about that. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to tell me off off air what that was, because I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, let's take a quick break, and when we, when we come back, uh, we're going to be discussing um, a different take on the Garfield Christmas special. Yes. All right. This is the secret of the sailor. This. Did you eat a lot of spinach with a Popeye when you were a kid? No. Did it, did it work on you? I hated spinach. I love spinach now. It's delicious. When I was, was a, a small child, no, Latin Popeye, I think I would eat a packet of half a shed of spinach. You took the wimpy route. <laughs> I have full of, like, I full of protein, full of iron as well. As always. You're just going to start punching people. Start beating the dog up. Secret of the Sailor Madness, the cynicism-free animation appreciation podcast. Without being overly earnest about things. But not too serious either. Discover it for yourself at secretofthesailormadness.com or on your favorite podcast aggregator. Secret of the Sailor Madness. Overthinking cartoons for fun and profit. And we're back with... A dinosaur story. God, every time I say it, I know it's coming, but I trick myself into just soldiering on anyway. And you always, oh. y'all always fucking up for me. Okay. So now on, on uh, this episode of Christmas Creeps, we're going to be discussing uh, another take on the Garfield Christmas special. Uh, one in which Garfield does not appear. Uh, we are, in fact, discussing... A clockwork orange cat. <laughs> yes. Um, Alex DeLarge is back, and he's got a... a vengeance that's not how you say that never mind um, so yeah we're talking about garfield minus garfield a christmas he hates special. mondays but he loves ultraviolence <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not familiar with garfield minus garfield um go check it out we'll, we'll put a show li- a link in the show notes garfield also minus- where have you been yeah welcome to the internet uh, i'm in my house <laughs> Garfield minus Garfield is a a postmodern take on Garfield, where they completely erase Garfield from every comic strip, which renders the comic strip uh, looking more like a psychological breakdown starring John Arbuckle, who now only talks to himself. Um, and somebody, some enterprising YouTuber out there has taken the liberty to uh, take the Garfield Christmas special and completely remove Garfield from it. Yes. Um, which, just to point out how much... Garfield isn't in the Garfield Christmas special. This thing was about 23 minutes long, read the original version. The Garfield minus Garfield version is still like 12 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is... Which... It's still pretty coherent, actually. Yeah. Which I guess shows you how... story I, of, like, the most fucked up family Christmas. Yeah, yeah. A little and bit. I, I kind of figured what, what they would do with it was... was um, kind of what they do near the end was just... Where they just crop out Garfield or replace him with some CGI like Christmas gift box or something, but no, they just straight up uh, cut excise out, all the, excise yeah. every scene in which Garfield appears. And I feel, I feel like it in that regard, it kind of misses the point of Garfield minus Garfield. Oh, because oh, yeah, uh, real, real quick, we we should say the guy who created Garfield minus Garfield did not create this video. Yeah. 
This video basically just removes scenes. Any scene featuring Garfield as the primary character has been cut out. And any scene where he appears, but the dialogue is not concerning him, uh, he is, you know, he's replaced with a texture, an approximate texture of the background. You can kind of tell like where they... scan crop in or things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying that it misses the point of Garfield minus Garfield because at no point you have John essentially talking to thin air, which is the primary feature of Garfield minus Garfield. Yeah, where he's monologuing I, I, towards an imaginary cat. I like it even better where it's the, the versions of Garfield minus Garfield that just replace Garfield with like a photorealistic cat. Yes. So it's just it's just John, Arb- Arno- John Arbuckle losing arguments with his cat. Yeah, yeah, no. It, that's, it would... If, if they had done that with this show where they had, like, they basically kept it intact but just removed all of Garfield's dialogue because he's a fucking cat and doesn't it, talk. Exactly. I felt like that would be more true to the Garfield minus Garfield formula if they just muted all of Garfield's lines and just held on him silent uh, uh, maybe minute. take out like the the garfield and Odie only scenes you know just for yeah where of... garfield is being like anthropomorphic and silly like take those out and then where he's being more cat-like and you've got what i would consider a a more clever and true to form format did you guys know that uh that jim davis has officially endorsed garfield minus garfield really yeah he did a couple of, he did a couple in the there was a garfield minus garfield book published i think yeah and Under Jim Davis, his... Jim Davis did like he submitted himself like a couple dozen for it. <laughs> yeah, he did the edits himself, where he it's like a thing. And I mean, if you think about it, if you own the rights to something rather than being becoming litigious, it's better just to jump on the the gravy train. Oh, Jim Davis fic- has been from the start openly like Garfield is a way to make money. Like, oh no, no, he, I mean like, he's yeah, the he, what I mean, the most licensed other than Peanuts, he's like the most licensed comic strip character. Yeah, yeah I mean, no bones about it. Yeah, I mean he's he's been a guy who's been openly like this isn't about artistic integrity. I make money by making cartoons. Makes that paper. Cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy my cat. I'm gonna make stacks. Right. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it 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 sort of legitimizes Garfield minus Garfield if that Jim Davis like actively is a fan. It's also the point where it jumped the shark. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> wait, wait. Garfield minus Garfield. <laughs> yeah, jump the shark. No, I, I, no, I'm just saying, like, that was the point where it became played, is when, like, Jim Davis was in on it. And I was like, alright, alright. Uh, I guess. I, I can where see it was what like, It was, like, somewhat clever and, and subvertive when it was, when it was, like, an underground thing. But, I mean... Yeah, I guess so. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crap on it. Like, I think, it, I still think it's a good, a funny idea, but it's like, alright. Jim and Davis, when Jim Davis the... is in on the joke, I'm just like, okay, alright. Enough of that. And this version, uh, this this uh, fan edit, I guess, has a couple of like actually clever scenes. Like, the, I mean, the only time in which anybody talks to themselves rather than Garfield is when Grandma is like relating the story of her and Grandpa. And, yeah, and she was already kind of just talking to herself anyway in that scene because she, we we need to. So here's the thing. I don't know that it's ever actually conveyed in. In the comic strip, but John can't hear Garfield, right? No, no, he can't. So everybody is actually really just monologuing to a cat. Okay, if you the think about up. it, cool. <laughs> oh, your your real life cat is throwing up. Yeah. Oh, great. See, you're awesome. See, your 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 cat is um, your cat is showing solidarity with our, us shitting on Garfield. 
I have cat. to wonder why the cats, when they throw up, is like, hey, I'm throwing up right in the doorway. Because <laughs> they want you to see their handiwork. Because they Pretty had too much. much lasagna. Yeah, she threw up one place and then walked a couple steps and is throwing up in a different place now. Cool. Thanks, Gato. <laughs> <laughs> She's setting up a li- they're setting up a little obstacle course for you. Mm. It's a trail of lasagna leading to the Christmas tree. <laughs> so... Oh. I don't know how much more there is to be said about about Garfield minus Garfield Christmas uh, real, special. There's one. There's the one scene in this that I actually really liked. The minus edit of is when they're putting up the Christmas tree and they're marveling at the way the Christmas tree wobbles by itself, and then all of a sudden has the star on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they it's do like, kind of gloss over a couple things like that. It's Christmas magic. <laughs> Ooh, yowzer. <laughs> But yeah, like that that yeah. that fan edit exists, and it's I mean it's a fun little uh, trinket, I okay. guess. I I have to um, lead us down a terrible rabbit hole here. Okay. What's that? Um, this is something that the the, the nature of the of the Garfield Mice Garfield edit made apparent to me. Um, but um, so at the end, when in the Garfield Mice Garfield, they just spontaneously break into a hoedown for no reason. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um. Because of the way they just loop the couple frames of animation over and over again, you can see that mom when she's swishing her skirt around totally is just like lifting it straight up, and they're just like, "Oh, it's a it's a farm mom panty shot." Cool, thanks, Garfield cartoon. <laughs> and that's the thing that's that's the thing that's actually in the actual real cartoon, which is like, yeah, weird on me for noticing, but why did someone fucking animate that for me to notice it? That's the thing that's really concerning. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like that fucking uh, chipmunk adventure movie from the 80s where it's like why are there so many like little girl chip at panty shots like y- yeah you're creepy for noticing i guess but like it's even <laughs> creepier that someone fucking animated them yeah like the onus isn't really on you for seeing it it's the, it's on them for putting it there in your face yeah somebody already somebody created this which is far worse than you noticing it yeah so i i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much there john i mean you know, Who did Lou Rawls voice in this thing anyway? Who does what? Lou Rawls. I think he's one of the singers. Okay, because he was like the first credited on the uh, in the credits. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he sings one of the songs in this. Um, let me I would imagine that he sings the like the starting, like the the credit song, the opening the, credits, the gimme 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 whatever. Yeah. Hmm. It's either that or it's the song. That plays when Odie is putting together Garfield's Christmas gift. The find an when why can't you find an elf when you need it or whatever? Why can't you find an elf when you need one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Probably that's probably Lou Rawls. Um, that nice nice ear. I didn't realize that that was Lou Rawls. Nor did I see it in the credits because I I didn't look at the credits. <laughs> so We're I already think. Done. Yeah, we're we're so, done. Like I'm out of here. Here's oh. a little. Here's a little connection to shit we care about. This special was actually directed and produced by Phil Roman. Do you recognize that? The name, name rings a bell. Um, he has done. He's producer of King of the Hill from ninety seven ninety nine. Oh shit! Simpsons from ninety two to ninety nine. Whoa. Uh, the critic. Uh, he was an executive producer on basically all of it. Hmm. He was oh wow he was the executive producer of the the animated adaptation of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, which we need to address a uh, post haste. 
Okay, here's a here. This might be a good list because I'm looking at his producer list on here uh, of the Garfield the Garfield like primetime specials that existed before the Garfield and Friends did. Okay, there is Garfield in the Rough, Garfield in Disguise, Garfield in Paradise, Garfield Goes Hollywood, a Garfield Christmas special, Garfield His Nine Lives, Garfield's Babes and Bullets. What? Garfield's Thanksgiving, Garfield's feline fantasies, and Garfield gets a life. <laughs> but then when Garfield's did... feline fantasies sounds like a porn parody title. But then when did Garfield and Friends start? It started. Um, it actually, actually, it started in between Christmas Special and His Nine Lives, as far as I know. Oh, so like okay. late, like eighty nine or something. Eighty. It says the it says Garfield and Friends was eighty eight to ninety four. Okay. Um, how here's a question for you, Brad? Because yes. you are you are you are willing to debase yourself by singing. Uh oh. How's the theme song of Garfield and Friends go? Uh, it's like, come on in. It's time to party with Garfield and friends. And Garfield, it's yeah. Do you know that's not the only theme song the show had? Lasagna and lots of surprises. It's not. No, the the first season had a completely different theme song that was just basically a generic kids show theme about like friends and friendship and bloody bloody fucking. Really, blah. really? Yeah. I I I listened to that the other night when I was looking up trying to trying to remember how the Garfield and Friends theme went, and I heard that and it destroyed my childhood because I had never heard that before. In my oh, the the, life. Fir- the season one version. Yeah, it murdered my childhood. My childhood's dead now. Thanks, Garfield. You exist. I'm gonna just keep. I'm going to just keep on remembering. Don't try to play it over the chat. Do not. I will mute you. Well, then I would have to listen to it. Yeah, so. that's true, too. It did have, if I recall, didn't it have, like, a, a Futurama slash couch gag thing where, like, Garfield would say a different phrase, like, a different thing every time at the end of the theme? Yeah. It would go, like, Ding! and then Garfield would say something? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um... I do, I, before we wrap up here, I do, I know we did have one burning question, uh, and that was to try to figure out whether or not Joe is in fact Garfield. Uh, and I have here, I have here the May 2017, uh, uh copy of Teen Vogue, oh, uh, in, in their efforts to become, uh, even more woke than they already are, they're going, they're, they have tests that, that let you, um, so let, let's you figure out some what some website things. I was reading an article on. Sorry, but um, one of the things was related articles. Teen Vogue: How to Avoid Cultural Appropriation at Coachella. Like how to avoid committing it. Oh no, I like, I wrote I, I read that. It's like don't it's, fucking go to Coachella. That's how you avoid it. Well, that and maybe like don't wear a headdress. It's pretty pretty friggin' easy. Um. All right. So, uh, Teen Vogue's Are You or Are You Not Garfield? Uh, quiz I have for you. Hang on, is, is uh, this for real? This is for real. Oh, I'm God. not making this up. All right, all right. Question number one: uh, Do you enjoy lasagna? Yes. I mean, as, as okay. evidenced by the fact that I, I I ate lasagna before this episode. Yes, I will say that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's one point. Uh, next question: On a scale of one to five, how much do you enjoy Mondays, where one is hate and five is love? Oof. I'm going to go with a a strong two on Mondays. So that's got it. So I subtract. I mean, there, there are, there are things worse than Mondays, but not many. So that's four points. Okay. Hitler is Uh, definitely worse than Mondays. Yeah. Cool. Got it. Uh, Do you consider yourself skilled at punting small dogs across kitchen tables? I mean, I haven't had a lot of practice at it, so probably not. 
Okay, all right, zero. Have you had any practice at it? No. Okay. If you did, I was going to tell your brother. <laughs> yeah, he'd kill me. Uh, uh, how often do you find yourself communicating primarily through thought bubbles? I do talk to myself a lot, so um, frequently, I suppose. Okay, that's a three. Okay. Uh, and uh, do you find yourself envious of smaller, cuter cuter cu- cutest kitties in the world oh god uh, yes. the, the example they've put a picture of normal here uh am i envious of normal okay that's a different question that's a okay, much well, different question well normal's just an example provided but how often do you find yourself envy envious of cuter kitties um i i do envy cu- cute cats for a lot of reasons okay all right i'll give that a i'll give that a three as well it says here you're Garfield. Okay, I'm Garfield. I, I, I mean, this is a magazine quiz. You would want to see a physician before we got a definitive answer. Okay. Uh, but I think you're Garfield. Now, it, it, if I see a physician about my my potential Garfielditis, is that covered under my healthcare plan? Does United Depends cover on- that? Depend depends on. I mean, it could be considered a pre-existing condition. Okay. Um, ho- hopefully, that's still covered. Uh, but it, again, that's something you would need to discuss with your healthcare provider. Okay. Um. I so I I, t- I take it you're not qualified to make the judgment on that. No. I I, I you know I we have I a mean, lot of fun. I mean, here you're the, you're I, the Teen Vogue administrator here. You're the one administering the test to me. So I figure you might you know know whether or not I who you know who I can see well, about this. What at kind of the end of the day, it. It is a, it is a, no, you'd want to see, you'd want to see your primary care physician as well as a, probably a a dermatologist. And then based on the diagnosis, you may, you may need to see your veterinarian. Um, but you know, this is a magazine quiz and it it only provides a preliminary sort of idea whether or not you may or may not be Garfield. But for the time being, I think it's pretty safe. It's pretty strong signs that you're Garfield. Oh, jeez. One of my cats just shit. (laughs) Well, we can have Joe psychically communicate with them, so. Tell him to fucking cover it up better than litter box. <laughs> oh, God. I just told Gato to shit all over your shoes. Oh, she throws up on him. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of Christmas Creeps, guys. I've discovered that I have a serious medical uh, uh, issue that needs to be addressed right away. So we're going to end it right there. Um, but uh, if... Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email those to us at xmascreeps at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at us at christmascreeps and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash christmascreeps. Uh, also, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, please check us out on Podmosphere and see if that's a service you'd like to get in on. Um, Podmosphere.com and then just search for Christmas Creeps. It's kind of hard. We're kind of hard to miss. Uh, we are the skull with the candy cane crossbones. And finally, if you do enjoy the show, tell a friend. Uh, go to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a star rating and a review to let other people know that you like the show and you want them to like the show too. Um, that's That about covers it. Uh, uh, just one last note. I just want to reiterate, if you are Eric Estrada, I I do not personally know whether or not you're an Al-Qaeda. You don't need to email me to correct the record. I, don't, I also don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not tweet at Eric Estrada on our behalf. Yeah, don't do that one. <laughs> uh, don't and, and definitely don't tweet at him and tell him that we didn't see the Chips movie. Because uh, <laughs> if anything, he's going to beat us up for that. So 
that's going to do it for Christmas Creeps. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, I'm Joseph Wade. I'm Bradford. I'm Garfield. No, I'm Garfield, apparently. No, I'm Garfield. No, I'm Garfield. (laughs) No, I'm Garfield. I'm Garfield. (laughs) I'm Garfield. I'm Garfield, and so is my wife. Both you motherfuckers. I guess that makes me normal. (laughs) That's not normal. (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Happy Christmas. That was literally more than twice as long as the fucking special was.